Money FM 89.3, the best of Saturday mornings. Wide World on Money FM 89.3. When it comes to our next guest, it is a wide world. This man is. is an international phenomenon. He's a superstar. One of our great yeah. musical exports. Mm-hmm. Who just this week yep. usurped the likes of Taylor Swift, yep. Harry Styles, Ed Sheeran, Bruno Mars, and topped the iTunes music charts. Wow. Overall, he was, for a week, the big- biggest selling yeah. artist in Singapore, bar none. All it took was 24 hours. I am, of course, talking about yeah. the jazz icon that is Jeremy Montero. Welcome to the show, sir. Great to be here, Neil. Always good to see you. All right, first things first. What did it feel like? Number one, yeah. Taylor Swift, Ed Sheeran, you knocked them all off. Well, just for a, a moment, right? For, I got kicked off the charts, uh, you know, in four or five days. Yeah. <laughs> but it was wonderful just to be acknowledged and see the Singapore audience uh, not just stream, because you can't get to the top with iTunes charts from yeah. streaming, but downloading the album. So to all of those who did that, thank you so much for your support. And we're talking about the new album, Jeremy Montero Sings. Well, I believe, let me just check here, it's the first time... I know you've recorded many, many albums. Let's see how many now. 20, how many albums now? 47. This is my 47th album. 47th album, but this is entirely vocal for you. Is this a first for you? Yes, I I have sung one or two songs on my previous albums. Okay. uh, But I finally plucked up the courage to get out of the bathroom singing career and actually (laughs) record a full vocal record. So, it, so it was a the, lot of fun. Why the change? Why the the, the sudden uh, shift? I've always sing? loved singing. I yeah. think, you know, but I've always been very shy about my singing. I was yeah. actually reviewed once by the Chicago Jazz Magazine in 2005 who praised my singing to the sky. And I still, I read it and I went, no, I don't think so. Oh. I was always very doubtful, even yeah. though I love doing it. Yeah. So finally, uh, actually what made me change my mind is about four years, five years ago, I did a show at the German embassy. Mm. And uh, when I sang, there was pin drop silence in the audience. And I, after that, I told myself, you know what, maybe you can do this. And then I mm. embarked on a... Wow. On, a, on, a, on the album. I'm just curious, Jeremy, why though? Why the kind of, I don't know if it's false modesty, you have an ear for pitch. So yeah. you know if you're in tune or not. You sing with the world's greatest musicians. I've seen you many, many times. Surely you would know, right, if you could sing well or not. Actually, the thing is that why I've always had this doubt, and I always tell caregivers and aunties and uncles, don't say negative things to children. So when I was a young, young, I had people around me say, oh, you sound like a frog. And I believed it. So I I continue thinking I sing like a frog. Even when a magazine like the Chicago Jazz Magazine praised me, I still had this, you sound like a frog. So caregivers always encourage your children, never say anything negative. So I've only broke it, you know, in the last 10 years. Oh. Uh, 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 that 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 sort of uh, thing I was carrying mm. uh, from from uh, from being being recognized by the audience and also some good friends uh, were telling me you know uh, uh, how how much they like my singing so I'm very grateful to them as well for encouraging me. Interesting. Now, Jeremy, um, talk to us a little bit more about this new album. Why, like, aside from just you singing, right? What's the inspiration behind it, and what makes it so different? Well, it's mostly songs from the American Songbook and. Um, which I love. I love Frank Sinatra and I love yeah. uh, uh, Tony Bennett, of course, who left us recently. Yeah. And uh, um, and also, I worked you know, for a long time with uh, Louis Soliano and had a chance to play with him with the great Matt Monroe. 
Wow. And for two weeks, I was Matt Monroe's keyboard player. And wow. just to hear him sing in front of me and his wonderful phrasing, this is back in 1981. Uh, you know, I said, one day I want to try to be a, uh, uh, you know, his phrasing actually is, uh, to me, second to none. He was known as the British Frank Sinatra, but quite honestly, I think his phrasing is second to none. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's f- uh, so many questions. My mum used to love Matt Monroe. Matt Monroe famously sang the James Bond theme from Russia with Love. That's right. Beautifully. I wanted to talk to you about that phrasing, that phrase phrasing because you hear people say Bono from U2 always says that Frank Sinatra had extraordinary phrasing you've just said Matt Monroe what is that because to a layman it's it's just pausing in the right places what is it that makes phrasing so special and unique well yeah I think timing is everything and phrasing is part of that timing even like a comedian right sometimes that little tiny pause or a pregnant pause before the next line is uh, sung or said is what gives the magic to a to phrasing, right? Yeah. So mainly it's taking the breaths in the right places and then also those pauses and then also when you sing the notes, which notes are legato, which notes are, are staccato and then that's really the way you, you kind of craft. Uh, and, and to me, phrasing is similar to a sculptor working on a piece of marble. It's just that right piece and then the, the break and then the next sound. You know, the uh, Mozart, I think, said, famously said it, you know, uh, a good musician is the people who play the notes, but a great musician is those who know how to play the silence in between the notes. Mm. So how do you know as a singer, this is your first time singing the entire album, how do you know when you think you've got the phrasing right? Is it an instinctive thing? Do you encourage input from others? Well, because I've actually been producing vocalists since the of 80s, course, yeah. uh, and most recently I produced a, a, a Laura Fiji's very successful uh, latest album uh, uh, I worked with her and she asked me not only just to produce the music but to work with her for a week producing her vocals but I actually learned more from her uh, as a singer than I did you know trying to do the job as, uh, what do you learn as from these greats listening to them well what she she well firstly she really tries to ask you to remove too many rituals I must I can't drink this before I sing I have to have this ritual where I have silence before I go she she has none she dispels of all the the so-called rituals and just basically just take singing like taking going across the street and walking in the park wow. and then when you remove all that pressure from yourself with r- rituals and the ceremony of doing this thing make it very simple uh, then it becomes very simple. Mm. So uh, that's her attitude towards it. And also uh, her, her technique is wonderful. She records four tracks and then she does a composite. So that's I did the same thing. So I had to kind of both be the singer and also put on my producer hat as I'm singing yeah. to make sure that I, I, I uh, you know, firstly do go for the best pitch possible and the best delivery. And by doing four tracks, you can then make co- composites uh, uh, of, your, of your different lines and, and mm. it comes out sounding like a nicer... Nice full song. Wow, very interesting. How is this success setting you up for any future albums that's, that's to come in future? Well, I already have uh, two albums in, uh, in, in, the, in the pipeline. Yeah. One is with a young saxophone player, Sean Hongwei, who's okay. a, a scholar of the Jazz Association Singapore, now studying at the New School for Social Research. I think I've seen him play yes, with you, yeah, right? Yeah, very player. good, very good. Yeah, and so, so we recorded an album in New Jersey, in September 2022, it's called the New Jersey Sessions, and uh, we're releasing that album uh, in the next uh, two or three months. 
Uh, and then after that, I have an orchestral album, a symphonic jazz album with Resound Collective. Wow. I release a single that's not going to be in an album, and that went to the number one of the classical charts at night. Wow. <laughs> I'm sitting with the Beatles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but again, momentary. So one week later, the, the piano guys were back on top again. So, you know, yeah. so, so, uh, uh, and I'm releasing a full album with them called Tapestry from our live concert, okay. uh, a, a symphonic jazz uh, album, and that will be, I think, early next year. And you recorded this album in Germany, I believe. Jeremy Montero sings. Yes, I started it mm. four years ago. Why Germany? Because I think you've done a few albums there. My last 10 albums yeah. have been recorded. I love this studio. I've recorded in studios all over the world. NOLA recording studio where Arogana recorded. I've recorded in Hollywood studios and all great studios. Yeah. But what I loved about Sound and Mall Studios in Darmstadt is that it didn't feel like it was work. It mm. felt like a bunch of guys getting together, hanging around, having something to eat and an occasional glass of wine. And then uh, it was just like musicians hanging out and, and playing, having mm, fun. Yeah. And I tell you, that's the best, uh, you know, similar to what I learned from Laura Fiji, to just remove, you know, in life as well, remove officiousness, have uh, informality and casualness mm. and not put too much pressure on yourself and other people around you. And then just, because yeah. music is, is about playing, right? The operative word in music is play. Yeah. So we have to have fun with it. Now, I'm quite curious to know because I, I mean, I'm still stuck on the, the fact that you've, com- like you've, you've created like 47 albums so far. And so where and how do you get your inspiration for music? And how do you compose? Well, I'm so glad, uh, but inspiration is interesting. Uh, yeah. I think the muses, uh, 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 you know, and I think Neil will understand this, is where we feel inspired. It's in- inspiration, we always say we wait, you know, inspiration, waiting for inspiration to, to come to us. But actually what we have to do is to sit in a room, be as quiet as you can and have that space. Right. And then sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't happen. Inspiration mm. will walk in the room and inspire you and fire you up. But if you don't know how to be quiet and be still, because I believe that silence is the wellspring of creativity. Yeah. If you don't know how to do that, you'll never be able to create. Mm-hmm. 100%. I'm so glad my daughter was here today to hear <laughs> you say that. So the next time I shout when they interrupt me in the office. <laughs> but it is an important thing, Jeremy. I know I fluff the handle a bit. But if you're in that zone, yeah. if I'm writing a paragraph or you're composing music, silence is everything in those moments. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I agree. And and. And it's amazing what you hear. I mean, you know, I do a little bit of writing myself and, 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 and based, uh, in writing books, right? I mean, so, so I've actually written not only that first book you have, but I've written book two and book three. I know, we share a publisher. Yeah. And so uh, basically, I think we, uh, you're absolutely right. You know, actually, you know, the, the world is too busy nowadays. Everyone's always busy with the mobile phone. So when I practice, I switch off my mobile phone. Uh, you know, I always feel that a WhatsApp message is like someone walking next to you and holding a, a noisy toy and hitting it in your head. Boink! And, and so, I mean, that's fine. I mean, I love to receive WhatsApp messages that are personal, but work messages went at the wrong time, like when I'm working on create, creative stuff. That's, uh, so that's how I just learned to switch off my phone when I'm working on creative things Fabulous. now. Fabulous, right. And speaking of someone who wasn't silent, the very expressive Luis Soliano, yeah. who was our <laughs> previous guest, absolutely yeah. fabulous, still vibrant and yeah. engaged at 81. Sure Tell us about him. He's just brought out his autobiography, as you know. Tell us about his legacy, his contribution to the Singapore jazz scene. 
Well, you know, I, I, I was privileged to write a chapter in, in, in Louisa's book, and I end the chapter by saying that if there was no Luis Soliano, there would, never would have been Jeremy Montero, the musician. Mm, wow. And it's true, because he is such a mentor, and he still has this attribute at age, coming to 81, yeah. uh, where he always looks for young, up-and-coming musicians and puts them together with him and makes them, you know. So Louis was a very good mentor to me in 1981 when he asked me to join his band. I've had very few band leaders. I've mostly been, been a band leader mm. on my own, but I've had maybe three band leaders in my whole life and he was one of the most important ones. And he used to be nurturing, but at the same time, you know, I start to get a little too fluffed up. He would tr- give me a trimming, you know, he would just throw a piece of music in front of me that's that I'd never seen make me side read it and he would just count it real fast like giant steps by John Coltrane he'd go one, two one, two, three, four and I would just freeze but my hands had to move because there was an audience there wow. yeah. uh, and, and that kind of tough love which I really appreciated and yeah. he used to you know put me in my place and then he, he had a wonderful blend back then of, uh, of, of tough love and very nurturing yeah. you know uh, and, uh, but nowadays he's mostly very nurturing I don't see him <laughs> showing that tough love anymore which I think the young ones will miss out on you know? yeah. and is that what makes a great band leader that combination of stick and carrot if absolutely you like? I yeah. think so and he you know he was always uh, uh, he always is a uh, I mean, he not only nurtured me, but people like uh, Chuck Karong, who I feel, I'm not afraid to say at 63, the, the, probably the finest jazz piano player in Singapore now. Mm. And, uh, 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 and also Wei Siang Tan, uh, uh, who I, I also think is a wonderful, wonderful musician. And lots of other musicians have gone through the school of Luis Soliano. Mm. I mean, in America, they were lucky to have Art Blakey, right? People like Winton Marsalis and... Uh, other great musicians went through the school of Art Blakey, but in Singapore, we are so fortunate to have the school of Luis Soliano. Wow. And the school of Jeremy Montero. Yeah, that's coming soon as well. Um, well, I mean, I'm actually quite curious because it's a pity that I didn't get to ask this question to Luis, but I'm going to ask you instead, Jeremy. So what would you like to say to young aspiring musicians here in Singapore and what kind of legacy would you like to leave behind? Well, I don't think about legacy because I think that that is something that for people to talk about mm. when I stop doing this. Uh, so I don't. I just concentrate on the work in front of me. Yeah. Uh, uh, but as far as when and since I'm observing Lewis, I can speak of his legacy. Yeah. And I think that uh, that you know, for uh, as far as young musicians are concerned, I think it's very difficult to make a living as a musician nowadays. Mm. But I think the focus should be trying to be the best musician you can be. There's a chapter in my book which says, uh, you know. You don't have to be a professional musician to attain professional level in music. Mm. So, you know, just just work on your music and, and get it to the highest level you can be. Be the best musician you can be. And if you can find make a, a living from it, then wonderful. Mm. But if not, it's... I know some... Uh, there's, a, there's a doctor who... My friend, Dr. Sidney Tan, who yeah. he's a practicing doctor, but he's the music director of almost all the old National Day parades, right? Yeah. So uh, 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 and so he he basically shows what you can be you know work at music at the highest level but still yeah. if you have to uh, if you can't you know, make make a living from it yeah. uh, uh, still have a great great living making music. Yeah. Well, you mentioned there making a living. It is tough for anyone in arts and music. So it's very important to support the gigs and concerts when we can. Sunday, eight p.m. Kaleidoscope at the Singapore Chinese Cultural Center. Tell us all about that. Well, I think, Neil, you saw the original concert in December. If I I'm did. Not Fabulous. And uh, we had so many requests uh, to, to reprise the concert because 
uh, including our guest of honor, Minister of State Lo Yen Ling, said, "Oh, you can't just do this concert once and not let more people see it." So, we decided to reprise this concert. Uh, this uh, together with Chokorong, uh, my associate music director, the Jazz Association Singapore, and other wonderful musicians, both musicians from the Jazz Association Singapore Orchestra, and and a few uh, Chinese instrument and Malay and Indian instrument players, and we wow. have Indian dancers, and we have. Uh, 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 Chinese large drums uh, as well with drum feng and Basque Academy dancers. So it's going to be kind of a epic. It sounds like a whole package. Fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. Fabulous. Well, as always, we have comments coming in. Rob Salisbury said, Jeremy and Lewis talking about the previous concert, but you've got two concerts coming up. That's yep. just gold. He loved, he loved, loved, loved your closing song, Josephine during the post-COVID concerts, I believe he says, in 2020, 21 and 22, where you received a standing ovation. Yes, that was very, very nice of the audience. I wrote the song, uh, Josephina, uh, dedicated to my wife, Josephine. And it's on the album, Jeremy Montero Sings, right. uh, uh, Josephina. And actually, the album is interesting because half of the songs have got an orchestra, a string orchestra okay. as well. So, oh. Which ties in nicely with the song we're about to play now. Yep. It's Candy. I believe it's on the album, Jeremy Montero Sings. Just briefly tell us about this song. This song is actually a jazz standard. Uh, I love the way that uh, Nat King Cole sang it. I also particularly love the way that John Pizzarelli sang it. And so I, I wanted to include it on the album. I've actually never sung this song before live, so it was very nice to include it on the album. Well, as always, Jeremy, absolute pleasure. Jeremy Montero in the studio with us celebrating his number one album, Jeremy Montero Sings. Thank you very much, Jeremy. Thank you, Neil. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.